When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joining me on today's podcast to talk about some of the lessons he's learned from this past season is the head coach at Davidson, Scott Abel. Scott's now been named two years in a row the Pioneer Football League Coach of the Year. The team were champs this year and made the FCF as playoffs. They're also a team that led the FCS on the ground here in back-to-back years three times here in, in coaches' four seasons They've been the best rushing team in the FCS, and they're also great on converting third down. They were number one in 2021 at 54.3%. So, Coach Abel, I'm really glad to have you back here on the podcast to talk some ball. Oh, Keith, thanks for having me. I love being on, and uh, certainly it's been an exciting year for our program, and I'm proud of our guys. Coach, I love talking ball with coaches at this time of the year. It's that time where... Guys, it's still fresh on their mind that last season and the things they've learned from it and the approach maybe that they'll take moving forward. And I know for you, you've faced some change year to year here and uh, brought up an interesting stat to me that you've had a quarterback change six years in a row, yet you've used the same offense. And, and I think it's interesting in particular because you guys are an option offense and that does require a certain skill set. But to hear that you guys look at it the same way, you know, a, a spread team might, that we need to build this around the quarterback's ability and modify things here and there to fit it. So I'd love to hear about how that's worked out for you and how you guys have been able to maintain that consistency, yet at the same time have somebody different leading your offense. Uh, well, I, I, that's a great question, something I, I'd love to talk about. And I, I'll, I'll make a quick correction. We haven't changed quarterbacks six straight years. What, what, instead, what we've done, Keith, is, so I was just looking back. I think it's important to reflect. And so you can make sure that, that you're making notes on what you've learned, how you've grown, some, some consistencies. And, and what I've learned is, you know, in these last uh, 11 years of uh, coaching at the college level and um, coordinating offense at the same time, you know, uh, I'm the head coach and offense coordinator here. You know, we, we've been fortunate enough to, to win and be a part of six conference championships and and done it with six different quarterbacks over those times, right? And I think that's a very unique stat. And, and you know, so I kind of peel back the layers to look at exactly what did that look like. And I think the first thing that we learned is exactly what you said there, that we, you know, we're really going to build around our quarterback inside our gun triple option. You know, you know, I think every year the, the offense takes a little different personality according to who's running it. And, you know, we are a program that's recruiting quarterbacks. We're not recruiting, you know, your traditional option kid to play quarterback. We're recruiting quarterbacks that are coming out of spread systems out of high school, read zone systems, but have the skill set to run our offense. 
And uh, I, I think that's the key, right? Um, and, you know, it, what it told me, though, is that our foundation of who we are offensively, it, it's good. It's solid. You know, it's, it's concrete, you know, because you can't be that successful offensively year in, year out. You can't win with that many different quarterbacks and win championships that many different looks without foundationally being really good offensively. And offensively, our foundation is, hey, we're going to run the football. We're going to run triple option out of the gun. But we're also going to be a little more creative in our passing game, our play-action game, and some of the wrinkles around the option game to fit our quarterback strength that may be leading us that year. When you look at that, Coach, and you start to figure out that process, what does it look like at, at the beginning when you say, okay, this is the guy who left and what we were with him here's probably where we're going because I think some of it is, you know, you maybe you don't have all that experience with that guy on the field. You don't quite know, but you see some things in him. So how does that process start for you? And what do you start to look at to build that offensive menu for the next year? Well, yeah, uh, that's a really good question. I, I think the first thing is you, you kind of lean on whatever film you might have on, on your up and coming quarterback, right? And so, you know, for us, uh, you know, uh, Lewis, Cosimo ended up being our starting quarterback this fall. First year started for us. And he had had the opportunity to play in some some games in the past, these past couple years for us. And so we watched some of that film, what he did well, right? We went back and watched some of his spring film. um, And and then what did he do well in some compete periods, right? We all have compete periods throughout the year where it's third and and long or you're you're running an option period in a compete period. Where were his strengths during those periods? And, what made sense inside our offense, you know, <laughs> excuse me. At the same time, I find myself always going back and watching their high school tape, mm-hmm. right? You know, wh- what did they do well over and over? And so prime example in the spring, you know, we won our conference championship for the first time and Tyler Phelps, who was a multi-year starter for us, had a great career. You know, you watch that offense and it, it was probably a little more downhill driven in our option game. Okay. It, meaning our midline option was really good. And, and Tyler was a big kid, big physical kid. He'd get his shoulders downhill, and that was a problem for people, okay? And passing game, really quick delivery, um, had great feet, and we built a really great quick game package around him, okay? So here we go fast forward to the, to the fall, and what we began to notice is that we probably wouldn't be quite – as dynamic in our midline option this fall because Lewis not quite built the same way. He's not quite as big. He's a little quicker, a little bigger burst getting on the edge. And so really kind of leaned on our, our outside triple this year because we thought he could threaten the perimeter. Mm-hmm. And we were right. And, and you know, that it, it took him a game or two to get comfortable doing that. But once he got comfortable, he, he was certainly a handful in our triple option on the perimeter. And, and he's got a great big arm. And so how could we build some downfield play action pass, right? And Because that's what he was comfortable doing in high school. When you watch his high school film, threw the ball really well downfield, good play action. And so we built some play action that really fit him, and that paid off for us as well. But what we also noticed was the foundation of the offense, right? You know, we're, we're an option-based offense, and that didn't change. It's just what option is going to be best to us that year. And then in the spring, it was our midline option. You know, in the in the fall, it was our true triple, and then we built, you know, complementary plays off of that. When you're looking at that base plane, and you know, talking about how you looked at midline for one 
player and that's what fit him best and you looked at the outside triple for the other um, I think that starting point play is is so important to really establish and understand that this is going to be where our offense starts and we can hang our hat on this because I think then other things start to build around it your answers then come from okay the other team knows we're going to go here first too that this is what we want to do Here's the things they can do to stop it. Here's the things we're going to do as compliments, as constraints, as counters. I've I've talked to you know numerous coaches about that. I think Noel Mazzoni and I were talking about it a few weeks ago, and I, I had mentioned for us one year, and this is when I was coaching the high school level, we had this running back who was just incredible on our stretch play and averaged like 10.7 yards per carry on it, was the, the leading rusher in Ohio, and then – we had a sophomore who followed him, but he was more of our inside zone runner. So it kind of, we were still running stretch. We were still running inside zone, but now our approach changed a little bit more where the thought was, okay, we're going to start with this. We're going to use the inside zone when they're over pursuing and get it right up inside of them. And so things kind of get tweaked And how do you start to mold the rest of the package then around that starting point play? Well, I, you know, you, you touched on some of that right there. You know, first you got to identify you know, where are you going to hang your hat, right? And everybody knows we're going to run option football, and there's always variations. So, But what option play is really going to be your bread and butter? And once that's established, that that offensive season, then then you, you know, for, for me, you know, um, yeah, I'm, I'm approaching year 30 almost in, in coaching football. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm 52, so I got some good years left. But, you know, I've been doing this long enough to, I, to know kind of the complementary plays once we establish what we're going to be really good at. So, you know, when you run, you know, when you're really good at your triple and, and you got that, you got your slot coming in motion, you know, safeties are going to roll, you know, they're going to be flying and that's going to open up the middle of the field on passing attack. It really is. And, and we, we had some, we had some really nice play actions that help us. And, you know, but I always believe this. I think you always need an answer before you have to use it. Right, so we're mm-hmm. always looking at our off, uh, in the off season at our personnel, at our roster, and then at our scheme and saying, okay, if we think this is the direction this office is going to go, what what's the counter punch? Right, what what's our counter run game? What is our play action game? Okay, then what is our third down philosophy with this group? Because I do believe it's so important that you get ahead of it, that you find the answers before their problems. Definitely, when you're then packaging that you're putting together your installs and jump ahead. You know, you've gone through spring, you've learned more about yourselves. What do you look at in terms of, we're going to start working this now. We might not need it till the end of the year, but how do you determine, I guess, what you're going to need in amount of reps to get things ready? Cause it is about focusing. We're all limited by time. Uh, we have, the certain amount of reps we can get in a practice and that's it. So what do you feel is, is uh, the number you look to be at in, in working a play, you know, maybe that's in a particular week, but also in getting it ready for something down the line, you know, what does it look like as you put that season together? Well, when, when we start the map, we, you know, we call it mapping out the install, right? We're, we're going to build those complimentary plays in throughout camp. Okay, you know, so, you know, you you have your complimentary play to our triple option, which is really where everything starts with us. Right. And we the complimentary plays, you know, our counter option off of that, our play action off of that. 
And those are going to go in at camp, right? And then we install our midline option, right? And what are the complementary play actions? What's the complementary counter run game to that, right? We have our jet sweep package. What's your counter punch to that? So as the base play goes in, the counter goes in with it, the counter punch, the, the play action. And then as you begin to, to really get on the field, you begin to play, you begin to get some live reps, all that kind of unfolds for itself, right? You, you begin to see, okay, we're, I mean, we've got a shot to be really dynamic at this. And so let's spend a little more rep time on the counter punches for this base play. And, and that's what we did this year. And that's what we've done when you really reflect. I remember in 2012, uh, when I was the head coach at Washington Lee, we, we won a conference championship and uh, we, we were good at speed option. And so we were really good at speed option. We, we had a, we had a quarterback, Nick Lombardo who could run. And uh, you know, how did you build off of that? Right. How do you build some simple pass concepts that look like, you know, sprint at, I mean, that look like uh, uh, speed option, but maybe sprint out, you know, what's your, what's your counter punch to those plays, you know, fast forward this year, we're really good at triple. What's the counter punches? Last spring, it was midline. But when we start our season, those are all base concept option plays for us, right? Our triple, our midline, our speed option, our jet sweep, they're all going in. And then as the camp goes on, we're going to get the, the counter punch to that in as well. And then as we get into the season, the reps determine themselves, right? You know, mm-hmm. for yeah, if, if we're going to be better at triple, then we know – the counter option play that goes with that needs to get a few more reps. And then when it's time to use it, we're going to be ready. And, you know, the example this year, you know, we, we didn't have to run a ton of our counter option, just didn't need it. And we got to a really big game uh, against a count against a conference foe. And, you know, it became a huge play force in the game, right? They were just flying to our, to our triple. And first time we pivoted back out on that. Yeah. Shoot. He, our quarterback took and, and, got downhill and busted a long play and then he pitched off it the next time and so you're not sure when you're going to call upon it but you get it reps throughout the season regularly so you're ready for it and that's all determined off what you're good at in your in your base foundation now you told me that this year was a little bit different where last year you guys were a little bit more grinded out and methodical down the field that this year you had more explosive plays and in we know in looking at the statistics, I mean, an explosive play is important in any single drive and increases the chances of scoring drastically as you add, you know, two or even three explosives to a drive. It's going to be huge. So what did you feel was that change for you? Was it something you necessarily created? Was it a product of, of maybe going to, you know, outside um, triple a little bit more? You know, what created those opportunities for you? Yeah, well, I think it's a couple of things. I, I think when, when you're able to run your 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 base triple, your outside triple well, that's going to create more explosive plays. Okay. Now, what what was the reasoning that we ran it better this year, or this fall compared to the spring? Uh, and that's twofold. We, you know, we talk about Lewis's ability to to get on the edge a little quicker, but also, you know, uh, our slot from the spring to the fall, you know, we weren't real healthy all spring. We were it was a mass unit for that position group and we were young fast forward six months we're playing the season they're veteran they're healthier and and that position room really stretched the field with their speed and lewis did a great job of really distributing the football when he had to and so i think the answers there are 
really twofold. I, I think having a, a more veteran group around your quarterback that's ready to hit those big plays, and then having a quarterback maybe whose skill set is set up more for that perimeter option. You know, I think it's twofold. But, you know, I, I do think a lot of it had to do with the experience that our guys got in the spring that were young and some were injured. Fast forward to them being healthy, them being more veteran around your quarterback and being able to grow that around him. The last time we talked, you guys were also very good at third down, and that's true this year. In, in, in your uh, four seasons there, two times you've led the country in third down conversions. For you, is, is there a formula to that? Is it something the way you practice? Is it a, is it a product of you know how you run your offense that you don't end up in third and long often? Or what things do you feel contribute to that that you're able to do this on a consistent basis? Because I you know I watch statistics all the time and see who the leaders are, and and there's usually uh, a lot of fluctuation in third down con- conversion percentages year to year. You don't usually see a team that just stays consistently at the top. It's usually a little bit of a rise and fall. Might not be huge. But when you look statistically where they finish in the country, you don't see that often where, you know, number number one team twice in, in four seasons. So for you, what's the key to being able to convert on third down? Well, I, I think some of it's the product of our offensive scheme. You know, we're, we're, we're on pace a lot, right? And every offensive coach would tell you that's the key to, be, to being a good, good third down team is you stay on pace, right? You, you're, you're ahead of the sticks first down. Mm-hmm. You're, getting, you're getting four or six yards. Second down, you're – getting four to six yards, you're in third and short a lot. So I, I think that is something that, that has really helped us. But I also think, you know, I talk about, you know, I'm, a, I'm an option coach. There's no doubt about it. But I am a little different because I work primarily out of the gun. Right. Right. And so I think that's given us some flexibility over the years to really fine-tune this offense so that we, we are certainly a, a really developed passing attack. We don't throw it. 30 times a game, right? We're going to throw it 15 to 20, but we're better than the average option team when it comes to throwing the football. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think we work on that at practice, right? You know, we're, we're not running a thousand offensive plays, right? I mean, our triple options are triple option. Our midline options are midline option, right? Our speed options are speed option. And, and those are great to us, our jet sweep. And so the extra time that we, we have at practice, and we don't have long practices at all. I mean, we're, we're an hour and 50-minute operation in practice. But we're doing Pascal every day. We are working on, you know, the third and three take care of themselves. I really believe that, right? You know, mm-hmm. we're third and three. We're, I think we're going to get a first down 90% of the time. Now, the third and six and third and sevens, when you get behind, how do you get yourself out of that? And I think that is what we have really developed a great mentality for. And I give it to, credit to our team, right? They have a mentality that we're going to get that first down. Right? They never think we're not going to get it. And a lot of that comes to, hey, we're able to make those throws. We're able to get ourselves out of some holes with some of our counterplays that I think give us that opportunity to be the best third-down team in the country. I mean, the, the two years we weren't first, I think we were third one year and we were second one year. Mm-hmm. So in, in our last four years, we've been, I think, in the top three every year in third-down percentage. And the last piece of that is – we don't focus on really getting the first down. We don't focus on the sticks. Instead, we, we focus on let's execute the play, mm-hmm. right? The, the first down, the outcome is going to take care of itself. And so just focus on the play. Don't focus on I've got to get six yards here. I've got to get three yards here. Let's execute the play that's called, 
and the outcome will take care of itself. And, and our guys buy into that, right? You know, they, they really do. And it's we, we talk about it all the time. We focus on that. And, you know, I, I think that pays off in those moments. Coach, I'm interested in, in hearing a little bit about your hour and 50-minute practice and just how does that yeah. – how does that break down? I know that's a challenge, and you talk to some people, and they'll tell you, oh, we run a 90-minute practice, but then they'll talk about how their walkthrough is not part of it, how you know they do pre-practice, they do post-practice, and it ends up being you know two, two and a half hours, right? So so yeah. how, how are you able to, to get everything done there in, in the 150, and how does that break down for you? Sure, it's a great question. Well, I'll start by saying, you know, here at Davidson, right, we're extremely challenging academic rigor. Okay, and and we recruit some of the top scholar athletes around the country, and you know we're we're flooded with pre med majors, pre law majors, engineers, um, all across our our roster, and those guys are doing big things off the field. So, you know, we believe it's really important to be efficient with their time, so they make sure they can get that work done off the field. So that makes them a better football player too, right? It's a win win for everybody, and so you know this is something that that I actually I, I learned and worked really hard at my time at WNL, which is a really high academic rigor as well at the division three level that how can we be the most efficient team possible? Right. So that hour and 50 minutes, um, that includes from the time we start until we're done, right. That includes any walkthroughs that includes our stretch. So we're getting it all done an hour and 50. So for us to break down, I, I mean, I can regurgitate it. Like, you know, I've done it so many times. Our, our, it, it, it's a it's about a six minute seven minute stretch routine that will lead us right to what we call a a pre practice or what I used to call pre practice but now it's just a practice skill session. So for us, our skill sessions when they break from stretch, you know our, our punters, our, our long snappers, our holders, our returners, they're working those skills right those very specific skills that maybe aren't a part of their everyday positional work right. And, and they're they're off doing that for a five-minute period. And those guys who aren't involved in that now are into what we call an extended stretch heat period with their position coaches. Okay? Some of those coaches may use that for a quick walkthrough. Some of them may use it for, for we you know, our running backs and our centers and our quarterbacks every day during that period will we'll, we'll do a snap mesh period. Mm-hmm. So every day during that five-minute period, our centers are snapping to our quarterbacks, and our quarterbacks are, you know, catching the, the shotgun snap and getting a mesh for our read period. And that's all they're doing for five minutes, just working that footwork, working that mesh, so it is like clockwork. And, you know, our wide receiver coach is doing hand drills. You know, our linebacker coach is the kids who aren't working a specific thing. is They're doing a, a block destruction on a sled and, so everybody's doing something very specific for that five minutes. And then we break out the Indy, right? So we're, you know, we're roughly 10 minutes into practice now. Our guys are at Indy. Now that's, that's learning, that's install, that's rep period. Um, that will lead to a, a unit run through, not a walkthrough, because this time we're loose. You know, we believe that you can get a lot done without hitting. So both sides will work on can. So for me as an offensive coach, we'll set up, 11 trash cans in a 3-4 front. We'll set up 11 trash cans in a 4-3 front. And we are just going to spend a 10-minute run-through period. Just It's just assignment-based, mm-hmm. right? It's assignment-based. Uh, and then, you know, uh, we'll break out to a, a quick special period, and then there's a, 
there's a 10-minute scale built in there. On Tuesdays, there's a 10-minute inside built in. And then we, we'll wrap up with team periods, but they're, they're team service periods. And so for us, because we're not your traditional offense, right, we're, we, it, I think it's good for our defense to go against us because we have some read zone principles, right? But right. they don't need to defend option every day. So our service periods are built where we'll have uh, a service offense given the look for the week for our defense. At the same time, there's a service defense given a look for our offense on different ends of the field. And then we have another short special team period. And then we come back and finish up with everyone together. And some of those periods, there may be some good on good, some third down. Sometimes it's more service work. And then we're out of there an hour and 50. And it's like clockwork. Our guys get used to it. And I would tell you, as we get further on the season, that hour and 50 goes to an hour and 40. Mm-hmm. Now, during camp, it's different, right? You know, that's the schedule once we start classes. During camp, we'll probably be 2 to 2.20, 2 hours to 2 two hours and 20 minutes. Coach, when you look at, especially right now, with all the challenges we have, all the limitations, all the different things, and it varies around the country, it varies from campus to campus, uh, so many things have changed the dynamics of how we build a team, uh, whatever the restrictions might be. So... For you, looking at it holistically, um, what are some of the things you look back at, at this year in, in the last couple of years that, that you've learned from those seasons, and what's the approach moving forward to maintain that strong culture that's going to help you win more championships? Yeah, that's, that's a $10 million question, isn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. I think the, the first thing I learned is I, I don't think there's there's any obstacles that that you can't overcome, right? If you have the right culture. Okay. Um, and that, I think that what the last two years have taught us is that, right. And I think the key to that is understanding that everyone has challenges. Everyone has obstacles. It's, it's those people that decide, Hey, I'm going to turn this obstacle into an opportunity. And then how do you do that? And that, that's what we have focused on nonstop for the last year and a half, two years as things have changed. Right. And, We've been asked to do things in a different way. You know, I think you and I talked about it. we lifted outside for an entire year, right? Mm-hmm. 38 degrees, raining, we're outside under tent. It's easy to feel sorry for yourself. It's easy to say, well, I don't understand why we're doing this. But we wouldn't allow ourselves that. Instead, we, we talked daily. Okay, hey, what an opportunity we have today to get better. Not focusing on the obstacle, but focusing on the opportunity. And I – so proud of our program i'm proud of our assistant coaches and their buy into that and then them turning that into our culture it really you know we we did a really nice job of building culture when we arrived here because the program had none right you know year one you know the program hadn't won in so long and the guys bought into who we were and that that culture is about hey let's trust each other let, let's have faith in what we're doing and put your best foot forward and good things will happen and they they trusted that but as, as obstacles came on with the pandemic and everything else that we faced, you know, we've really kind of hung our hat on, hey, we're going to look at the opportunity we get today. We're going to look at what we get to do, not what we have to do. And our guys all the time talk about that. And I think when you look at all of FCS football, right, and you look at we all played in the spring, we turned around three months later and we're doing it again, mm-hmm. okay, I don't think there's many teams out there that can say they won their league both times. 
I haven't done the math. I really don't know. No, I think I'd you're right. Interested. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now, I, there were 10 of us that went to the playoffs both times. Okay. But how many of us won our league both in the spring and in the fall? And I think that takes a, a ton of resiliency. I think that takes a ton of mental toughness. And I think that is what our culture built when we started saying, hey, this is our opportunity to get better today. Not, hey, I'm lifting 38 degrees outside or, hey, we have to practice in pods of 10. It's something that I truly believe in. I think it's the best way that you can approach each day as a person, whether you're, you're a father or a husband. Yeah, well, look what I get to do today, right? So we talk about that a lot in our program. But when things got tough, we just felt the need, hey, this is really meaningful right now. And our guys bought into that. Yeah, I think more than ever, we're we're seeing that the lessons we teach as a coach, as especially in terms of facing adversity, I mean, those are coming into play way more often now, right? It's just oh, you yeah. look at every single level and what's happening. And I was talking to coaches from Alaska, the state champions, and, and you know they mentioned the same thing that the preparation, they'll have somebody all week, and all of a sudden, day before the game, they, they lose – two offensive linemen right now things are distinctly different and it really forces a team to build that culture that's going to handle that because if you if you if you're not dealing with that constantly and don't understand that adversity is going to hit us at any time even when we don't expect it I mean right now with how things are so much different than a few years ago where yeah you might get an injury here or there you put a band-aid on it for a game slide someone else in figure out the plan and, and now it's like it could happen day before a game, right? It could happen hours yeah, before yeah. the game. You just you don't even know. So I, I think it elevates the need for the, the training and culture and the leadership of your team. It it does, and, and you know, and where you know, I, I give our leaders on our team, our captains, a ton of credit, and I give our assistant coaches. And you know, what what we challenged them with was, hey, we're we're going to model this, right? You know, you got to have a core group at the top that's going to model, right? You know, every team has leaders, and then people fall in line and follow them. And, and then, you know, it, it's up to us, as if you sit at the top of the leadership board, to, to really establish what you want that to look like and model that. And our, and our coaches did that, and our captains did that. And, you know, the, the other thing is that we, we made sure our guys knew that we would have a, a solution to the, to the next obstacle, that, hey, there's going to be another obstacle, Right. We're going to show up one day and somebody's going to test positive and we're not going to, have to, we're not going to be able to practice. Or, you know, we may not have, you know, our, our starting linemen for this game. We may be missing a, a starting safety. But he, here's the solution. Here's the answer. And that builds confidence, mm-hmm. right? When you're preparing, kind of like I said with the offense, right, that earlier I said you should always have an answer before it's a problem. Right. Well, the, the program's no different, right? And that's hard in this – that's so hard in this air to try to be to have foresight to say okay what are those obstacles that are coming at us how can we get ahead of them but as much as you can do that that gives your program that gives your kids your staff a lot of confidence because like okay yeah coach has thought about this he's already talked about this so he obviously thinks there's a good answer or hey i've heard our captains talk about this i I hear seniors talking about it and um i think that's something that our, our coaches our captains our upperclassmen have done a really nice job with Coach, it was fun to follow you this year and certainly fun to catch up here and see what you learned here from the season. For our listeners, what's the best way to connect with you if they're looking to, to learn a little bit more about your offense or talk a little ball? 
Yeah. Hey, listen, I would love to connect with people who want to talk football out there. I, I love it. And the best way to reach me is, is at my Davidson football email address. And, you know, that is fcable at davidson.edu. Shoot me an email contact us uh, all that's on our website also so you can go to our davidson football website pull up my contact information reach out to me and uh, look forward to, to talking shop with people who are out there listening coach thanks again for spending the time it was great to catch up with you and look forward to seeing what you guys do in 2022 thanks keith and, and merry christmas and happy new year to you all